That's great. That's hard to follow and act like that, I'll tell you. You know, that is so appropriate because, uh, like Jenny said, we are just delighted that you have come today. And I'm assuming uh, that you have your whole family with you, got your children with you. I love having our kids with us. You know how much your children learn from just being around you and they watch you worship and make Jesus important enough to show up on a Christmas day in church. What a great thing that we've been able to do that together. So again, thank you for coming. You know, I remember uh, my first Christmas that I can remember. I was three years old, and um, my parents gave me a little tricycle. And on the tricycle was a little light right on the front, And I remember that they turned out all the lights in the house and let me ride my tricycle around in the dark. And it shone around. And, you know, I don't know if I'm reading into it now as I look back at it, but I I think somehow that reached my little soul. And uh, I knew that something great was happening. I didn't know how to describe it, but it was just wonderful. And what we have today as we come together is to tell you and remind you of a story that you know very well of what God has done for us in sending his son Jesus. The interesting thing about Christmas is that uh, there was some survey taken, and uh, you know, I don't know how much uh, weight to put on surveys, you know how they are, but This survey said that 45% of Christians dread Christmas. And I thought to myself, that is really a sad thing, isn't it? And so I want to talk to you today about the joy of Christmas. Because God wants you to know how joyful he wants you to be about the gift he has given you. And so we're going to look together at Luke chapter 2, the passage, uh, much of which was read to us by this wonderful little family that uh, brought us into the Word of God this morning. And uh, what I want to talk about is how to maximize your joy at Christmas time. I, I don't know all of you that are here, obviously, And there may be some sadness in your life. There may be some disappointment in your life. There may be some just sort of deadness in your life. I don't know. We can all go through that as human beings. But I want you to listen to this message that God is saying, I want you to receive the joy that I am bringing into your life today. And there's three things that he's giving us here that help us maximize that joy. The first is that we need to acknowledge the darkness. And that may be a strange place to begin, but if you listen to this wonderful uh, Christmas song that our worship team led us in, Oh Holy Night, you know, it talked a lot about the darkness. And by the way, I've listened to that song all my life. And it's usually been sung as a solo. But I, I just found myself appreciating that song and being with the Lord in that song more than ever before in my life. I just want to thank our worship team for leading us in that. And, and I was even thinking, uh, you know, we sang that. It was loud. 
And I'm thinking, you know, that's probably what happened when the angelic hosts started saying and singing whatever they were doing. I don't imagine that was soft. I don't imagine that was done in a whisper. And so I just felt like we were together just rejoicing in the great thing that God has done for us. But it begins with acknowledging the darkness. And I just think about, you know, then when that happened, when the shepherds were out there, that world was a miserable world. The Jewish people were under the oppression of the Roman Empire. The Jewish leaders who were supposed to be pointing them to God by example and teaching were phony and they were hypocritical and, and selfish and uh, it, was, it was not a good time. And then there was Herod, the king, who was supposed to be supporting all of the wonderful truth of God's history with his people, and he was a, a, a whacked-out, crazy guy. You know, he, he, just, uh, he was so afraid that somebody was going to take his position as king that he killed off his favorite wife, he killed off his favorite son and half of his family, and you know the story, you know, when, when we think about Christmas, we want it to be nice and warm and fuzzy, but to be honest with you, you think about how Jesus came into the world, it wasn't so warm and fuzzy, was it? And Herod, because he was angry at the wise men who did not tell him where Jesus was after they had come to worship, remember what he did? He killed all the two-year-old boys and under in Bethlehem. That's the kind of a man that he was. That's the kind of a world that they lived in. I, I consider that darkness. And then we think about our world today. Oh, my goodness. It's still dark, isn't it? And I don't think anybody has any idea what to do about it. And that's why this message is going to be so important. And then I think about the shepherds because it says when this angel appeared... And the glory of the Lord shone around them. It says they were afraid with a big fear. That's literally the translation of the original language. They were afraid with a big fear. Why was that? Well, it was partly because this was something they'd never seen before. But I think partly it was because there was darkness in their own lives. And that's what we need to understand about Christmas. The darkness is not just out there. It's in us. You remember Isaiah? When he had a vision of the Lord high and lifted up. And uh, he saw the seraphim and heard them singing and saying to each other, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. Remember his response to that? He said, woe is me. I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. In that same wonderful book of Isaiah, God says, to this man I will look, to the one who is of a broken spirit and a contrite heart. That's what Jesus meant when he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. You know, somehow we need to bring our darkness into this picture and realize that that's where the whole story begins. 
And so I want to say that the second thing is that we not only acknowledge the darkness, but we hear the message. And the message was a wonderful message, which was to people who are burdened with their own darkness and their own sin, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Wasn't that good news? For today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you. Somebody who can do something about that darkness. Somebody who can do something about the sin that you haven't been able to overcome. What a wonderful message that was. And then, you know, I, I, I love what Jenny said about the Jesus is here now because they said, and this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the baby wrapped in clothes lying in a manger. He's here. It's not just a message. It's not on your iPhone. It's not on your iPad. It doesn't come on the news. He's here. The Savior is here. You can see him. So, you know, I sometimes think uh, people feel I do many times myself. Wouldn't it have been wonderful to have been there and gone and see the baby Jesus and we could see him with our own eyes? But can I tell you something that's really true today? He's here. He's here. He's here by his spirit. He sent forth his spirit. And for those of us that know him, as Jenny was mentioning, he lives within us. Jesus is not somewhere else. He's here. Now, we don't see him today, but we see him with eyes of faith because that's what the Word of God says. We don't walk by sight anymore. We walk by faith. And faith in God's Word and what he's revealed to us lets us know that Jesus is here. So we've got two things taken care of here. To experience the full joy of Christmas, we need to acknowledge the darkness. Secondly, we need to hear the message. And finally, we need to run to Jesus. And uh, I just love this passage because these shepherds, you know, they're pretty rugged kind of people. They live outside all the time. They, they fend off the wolves and the bears they take care of the sheep. They sleep by an open fire. And um, they probably don't smell so good because I don't know how often they got a bath, but maybe, I don't know if they went in Saturday night somewhere and got it. But, you know, these are, these are rugged kind of people. And um, so they are ready to go when they've hear, heard the message. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but why did Jesus pick on the shepherds? I mean, why did he choose them to listen and hear this message? I'll tell you why. Because they were ready to repent. When you come to Jesus, that requires repentance. And there's several things in this wonderful message of the angels to the shepherds that tells us about repentance. The first is that you repent of thinking that reality and this world is about you. Because when the angel hosts, by the way, the word host does not mean some kind of a sweet little thing you put on your shelf as an angel. You know what it means? It means an army. You need to think of angels as kind of like a SWAT team. They're not sweet little beings. Now, when they're about 
rescuing and helping, they can be very, very gentle and kind. But this is big, bold stuff. And uh, so what's happening here is that they sing these wonderful words, glory to God in the highest. There's what life is about, folks. It's about glory to God. He is the focus of life. He's the end of life. He's the goal of life. It's not about us. So we have to, and repentance means, I love the word repentance. Some people say, I don't like repentance. People don't understand that word. Well, if you don't understand it, I want to explain it to you. Repentance means to change your mind. It's not an emotional word. You may have emotions when you do it, but it's a thinking word. And what you need to change your mind about is this world is not about me. It's about God. Glory to God in the highest. And then there's another thing that this repentance needs to include, and that is that God is for us, not against us, even in our darkness, because it says glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men. God has come to save. In fact, Jesus himself said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. When Jesus came the first time, he came in grace and mercy and truth to bring salvation. Uh, This is a very, very good, you know, repentance is a wonderful thing. Can you remember Scrooge in that wonderful movie with George Scott when he had repented and changed his heart and his attitude and the way he was thinking how joyful and happy he was jumping around like a crazy man he was so excited repentance is a wonderful freedom folks it's a wonderful freedom change your thinking the world is not about me it's about God And the wonderful thing is that God is not against me. He's for me. Peace on earth. And then the third thing about repentance is that peace is not just for everybody. I want to tell you, Christmas is not available to everybody. It's available to repentant people. If we don't change our mind about wanting God to be the source and goal of life, we don't, we're not going to get very excited about Christmas. It's for the lost that want to be found. It's for the blind that want to see. It's for the lonely that want to come and belong to God, come home to Him. It's for the dead spiritually that want to be made alive. So this is, this is peace on earth to men. The literal translation is to men of good will. What does that mean? That men of good will means that they want their will to be with God. They no longer want to go their own way. They no longer want to be about themselves. Instead of being self-centered, they want to become God-centered. The great, the great English historian Arnold Toynbee said that the big problem we have in our world, as he wrote 12 volumes of history about the world, 
He says the biggest problem is the morality gap. And the, the heart of that is our egocentricity that we are about ourselves. You know, I read a little article on, on the internet and it said that the solution to Christmas depression, you know what it is? It's me time. Scheduled in. You've got to schedule in me time. Take a bubble bath. Read a book. Watch a game. You know, that's our problem, folks, is it's too much about me instead of about God and what he wants. All right, well, this also requires action. So when they found out what this is about and their hearts were touched and they had repentant spirits, they said, let's go. And I, you know, I can't help but think about my Hispanic friends who have this word, vamanos. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And they were running, and I can imagine they're running, and somebody says, well, what are we going to do about the sheep? And somebody says, forget the sheep. Let's go. You know, that's the way you need to come to Jesus. When you realize who he is, that he's the Savior to take away your sin, that he's Christ the Lord to take control of your life and help you to become what you want to become. Run to him. Don't crawl. Run. And I want to close by just saying three ways that you can run to Jesus today. First of all, you can run to him for salvation. If you've never come to him, you've never surrendered, you've never repented, you've never said, I'm tired of going my own way, I want to go your way. Instead of being self-centered, I want to be Christ-centered. Do that today. Run to him and say, I want to be yours. I want you in control of my life. You can run to him if you're a believer, and probably many, if not most of us here, have followed Jesus and have, have surrendered to him as our Savior and our Lord. But you know, this life can really distract us, disappointment and a lot of things. But he says, you know, come to me, you who are laboring and heavy laden. So you can come to him, you can run to him for spiritual vitality, and let him renew you. And let him re renew the water that can flow out of you by his spirit into a, a dark and, and uh, sinful world. And then the last thing is that this world is not full of peace. And it's not God's intention for it to be full of peace. The darkness sometimes is overwhelming. Sometimes it's discouraging to listen to the news. But Jesus said a very, very important thing. He said, I'm, I'm going to speak to you about peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. You're going to experience the darkness. But in me, you can have light and peace because I have overcome the world. Is this a great message or not that God has given to us? Oh, God, thank you for who you are. Let's just... Pause for a moment of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for this great way that you have reached to us in our darkness. Thank you for saving us, taking away our sin, becoming our Lord, helping us become what we should be. May this be a wonderful Christmas today for all of us throughout the day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.